I feel like most of us feel that age holds us back from physical activities at some point in our lives. I feel like as we get older, we're almost expected to slow down. And to be honest with you, I don't agree with that. <laughs> I don't agree with feeling like we should have to slow down or we're not able to do the things that we want to do or that age is a limiting factor. We have time and time again, we see many different stories of people as they get older, they're able to accomplish more things, different things. They are able to do things that they never thought possible and that has nothing to do with age. I actually interviewed Carol Burke on my other podcast called Exploring Mind and Body and she does all kinds of crazy things. She actually just went skydiving at the age of 70. So there's all kinds of things that we can do as we get older. But I want you to picture this. Take a minute and walk with me through Pamela's story. At the age of 51, she has been active and she was walking. She was actually a speed walker and she was feeling pretty good. So she thought, maybe I'm going to try to jog a little bit. So she started jogging. And then she started running. And from there, she has completed marathon after marathon over 10, starting at over the age of 50. And I got to tell you, she just keeps pushing her limits. And it's so interesting to me to find someone like Pamela to share these stories with us. And I think that 50 is a young age. And I think that many of you, I'd imagine, feel the same way. But I also feel like a good portion of our population or society feels like getting past 35 40, 45, then we get into 50, 60, 70. We always put these limitations on age. And I got to tell you, I don't believe in it. I don't feel it. I'm not feeling the flow. <laughs> I'm telling you that when we get older, we're able to do more things because we're able to see from a different angle, from a different lens, from experience. When we're walking down the strand, we see people from all different ages riding bikes, running, playing beach volleyball. Of course, it's a beautiful atmosphere here in Southern California and the weather is amazing, but I gotta tell you, if you wanna do something, you can accomplish it. It doesn't matter what age you are, what gender you are, it doesn't matter where you came from. You can set goals for yourself and you can achieve at a higher level even if you've never done it before, regardless of what age you are. So I want to share this story with you. It's powerful. It hits me at a deeper level because we're all aging at different levels. And I feel like we're almost expected to slow down and not do new things. Just today, I played beach tennis for the first time. <laughs> Super cool. I've also done a number of things. I've been able to walk on my hands. I've been able to run 10Ks and further, and I've never done that earlier in my life. I've also started surfing the last couple years. I taught myself how to skateboard because I won one at a trade show. It's endless, and I feel like the older I get, the more things I'm able to experience because of the newfound knowledge and opportunities because of age. So I feel like if I'm able to do these things, why should I be expected to slow down as I get older? And I feel like many people feel the same way as well. So you don't have to slow down. You can push forward. And Pamela's here to share her story with you. And she's going to tell you exactly how she got started and what she's doing now. And I hope it's going to inspire you to get out there regardless of what age you are, regardless of what gender you are. It doesn't matter where you are in life. She's going to show you that you can accomplish. You can set big dreams and you can set big goals. She's going to show you can go out there and do it. This is Drew. And you're listening to... Transformations Through Running Podcast. 
I'd like to take a moment to tell you about our monthly membership program. This is what we do full-time. We are a full health and wellness business. We teach nutrition, fitness. We specialize in reducing stress. Our main points are increasing energy in a natural way and also improving digestion, which go hand-in-hand. And again, there's a handful of different ways we do that. One of them is through our monthly membership. This is a 100% online program, so it doesn't matter where you are or what you're doing, you can join up if it suits your needs. So what we do is put together weekly meal plans along with recipes and grocery shopping lists. This is what Dorothy specializes in. Each week we send out a full package complete with everything you need to create your meals. Along with those recipes, we send out a week in a glance so you can print that off and you can put it on your fridge. We take all the guesswork out of it for you. We show you exactly what you need to eat to fuel your body, to energize you, and help to heal you after long runs or difficult workouts. Along with that membership, we also have at-home workouts. So you can do full body weight workouts, no equipment required. These workouts take 20 minutes or less. They're a perfect way to complement your running throughout the week. Also to help you stay strong, to prevent injuries, and to keep you on track to reach your running goals. What we do at the beginning of each week is send out a workout plan so you know exactly what your workouts are like throughout the week, what you're going to be doing. Then each evening what we do is post a video workout on our private group so you know exactly what to do and how to do it. On top of that, we offer private support. So this private support group has a number of different people in it that can all offer support and help answer questions, help keep you on track, stay motivated, and that's something I wanted to share with you. More details are at trueformlife.com. If you're interested at all, shoot us a message and we'll get back to you with more details. We're always happy to answer questions. Once again, that's trueformlife.com. All right, welcome to another edition of Transformations Through Running. We have Pamela Rona with us. So without further ado, welcome to the show, Pamela. Well, thanks so much, Drew. I'm really pleased that you you know asked me to be on. I'm interested in sharing my story and excited about that. That's wonderful. We're excited too. So why don't we just get into it? I think that there's a lot of people excited and interested to hear your story, just like so many in the running community. Can you give us a chance to resonate with you a little bit? Tell us about your background and maybe a... Uh, maybe a few details about yourself. Oh, okay. Um, running wise, or just in in general? Why I mean, don't we start with in general, and then we'll we'll narrow it down to more specific oh. running stuff. Okay, great. So, um, I've been a resident of Southern California for gee more than you know the the majority of my life now. So I moved out here after college. Um, I had a career in aerospace. Uh, started out as a, a computer science and math major, and did that um, at Raytheon and Hughes for about seven years. Wasn't a great fit. Stayed at Raytheon and Hughes, but then segued into um, writing and editing. You know, so I was part of the media department. And then after many years of doing that, um, just kind of consulted with my partner David and said, "Ha, huh, I need a change." So I moved. Uh, you know, got out of that, and for the last. Um, number of years I've been doing online tutoring, you know, and uh, for students for the ACT and SAT. Um, and other than running, I, I love yoga. Um, I've been a singer and have been in groups for uh, a number of years, uh, off and on. And um, we like to travel in our RV with our four dogs. We have rescue dogs and a cockatiel that, that we travel with too. So all everyone comes along, you know. Um, but as far as the running journey goes, I'm actually. I guess you could say fairly new to it. Um, I'm 58 and a half now, and I started back in, let's see, 
2012, that was the first time I started training for my first half marathon. And we can get into the story, you know, how that all happened. I was more of a, just a recreational or a speed walker, you know, for fitness at that point. And then segued into the point now where over the last seven years, um, I've done 10 marathons, um, I think 20 plus half marathons and a whole bunch of other races. So it's definitely a big part of, you know, the second half of my life. Wow. Okay, we got lots going on here. This is fantastic. <laughs> well, let's take a step back here. So where did you come from before you were in Southern California? Um, my family, I was born in Western Pennsylvania. So go Steelers, still big Steelers. <laughs> you know, that doesn't go away. Um, lived in Maine for six years. because Our dad's job took us there. So we lived in coastal Maine, you know, beautiful you know, area to grow up as a kid. Came back to Pennsylvania for high school and then went to uh University at University of Rochester in New York. And then so from that point, you know, moved out to Southern California. And it was, you know, that was the aerospace company that that brought me out here. Um, didn't really know that lot much about, you know, the West or anything at that point. My family didn't travel a lot. So it was I was the big adventurer, you know, coming <laughs> out after, you know, for that. And so now it's just really weird to think that I've been out here longer than I was, you know, back on the East Coast. So um, I you know, like still. I've met so many people from the East Coast. Like I feel like I've met more people from like the New York area than that people that are from LA. <laughs> yeah, there's a, we're we're becoming the new um, natives, I guess, or something. And it's it's very odd here now to meet someone that actually you know was born here and lived right. here. It's their impressions of things. So, and then you're from Canada, so you're you're a transplant too, right? So, I am. <laughs> yeah. That's for sure. <laughs> So I want to ask you about singing. You said you're part of some singing groups. That's that's interesting. Yeah, I um I started. Uh, I was musical. Did instruments and things as a child. You know, played flute, piano. You know, lots of music stuff going on in our family background. And then when I was high school age, I thought, oh, I really enjoy singing more. My mom was a, a singer. And so I studied a little bit in college. I was able to take some you know lessons aside from my other studies. And then when I came out here. It was the time, the 80s, when it's like, oh, I want to be the next Pat Benatar or something, right? I'm really dating myself, I'm sure, by that. Um, and uh, so I, I did backup singing for some, you know, some bands. I dabbled a little bit with voiceover stuff, you know, but it's it's the kind of thing like anything that you have a passion about. I mean, there's a lot of people that want to be in that business. So, you know, if you want to do it, you have to have a drive for it. And I love it. I've still been in this one group that unfortunately just disbanded in the South Bay um, for like the last 20 years. We were, uh, um, hard to describe, but performance group did a little choral stuff, did a little bit of um, uh, variety shows, you know, all kinds of genres of music. But it gave me a chance to uh, do a little bit in, you know, everything, whether it be from pop music to, you know, to classical to Broadway. So, yeah, it's a big it's about expression, which has always you know, been, been a big part of my life. And where have where can I, are those replayed anywhere? Um, I probably could direct you. I like there's we probably have a few YouTube's on video, or I probably have some CDs and things of my own. So if you're interested, I'll probably yeah. Anyone that it, we were called the Notables of the South Bay, and it. Um, uh, I have a couple of personal things like I you know when I did some solo work and everything uh, in the group. Uh, we have those, but uh, yeah, it was fun. I'd be glad to share. I mean, I'm sure our director and people would be like, hey, someone wants to know what we were all about. <laughs> I would love to. Maybe some of our listeners of this podcast would like to know more too. Yeah, and we, unfortunately, um, I think those kind of groups anymore are not as 
popular. You know, things change with with the decades, and so we just kind of aged out. I was, uh, you know, we weren't getting new members, and so we had made the difficult decision that you know people were traveling, re- you know, retired, doing other things, and so we just didn't have enough new blood to you know to continue the group. So sad, but you know, like everything in life, it's a, it's a you know period, and then you move on, and there's something new. So I'm still hoping. I need another gig though <laughs> so if you, know any, if you need anyone that you know I, I'm, I'm looking for another you know place to insert myself because i don't want to have that sort of disappear from my life but um but have yeah. you have you seen any of well probably not because we're new we have a new relationship building here but mm-hmm. uh, dorothy you've heard you've heard us on um our exploring mind and body podcast uh-huh. and radio show she's dabbling in some singing performances in a in a fun almost jokingly type of way to promote some of her products and services oh, and uh-huh. there's there's so much fun they're hilarious so i got to send you some links and uh if we when when we send out the the blog link or the blog post for this show i'll, I'll link it as well so some of our listeners can head over to that blog post and they can watch as well but <laughs> oh that oh that would be so much fun i would i would really enjoy that and then yeah i have to brag about um i actually did I think two years ago now, um, the uh, Lexus series of half marathons. I don't know if you know anything about those. They um, they do them in Southern California. Um, there's one in Palos Verdes, um, Ventura, uh, Reindeer Run, you know, out in Riverside. And I'm missing one. I forget what the fourth one is. But two years ago, there was an opportunity for someone from SBRC, you know, our, our running club, uh, they just put out a notice like, oh, they're looking for someone to sing the national anthem at the PV half, you know, and I talked to the, you know, I kind of threw my name in there. I was terrified, you know, <laughs> I thought, okay. And, and because you have to sing it acapella, you know, you don't have any accompaniment or anything. You have to figure out the note you want to start on all that kind of stuff. And I went ahead and did it and I got a free entry into the race, which is incentive too. Um, and it went well. I mean, people, uh, as I'm running the, the half and the faster people are coming back in the opposite direction. <laughs> someone's like, Hey Pamela, are you a great job? So I, I was very happy will probably be the only time I'm not going to be asked to, you know, perform at the Super Bowl or anything. <laughs> but it was it was a treat because it combined the music, right, and then um, obviously the love of running. So that was that was a special treat. <laughs> That's awesome. So where did the love? Where did you find this love of running? Where did that come from? Um, you know, I I it happened because of the first half marathon that I did in 2012. So I got a little flyer in the mail from the ASPCA um, and it was a charity. You know, they said, Hey, you know, if if you want to help raise money for the ASPCA, you can also train to do your first half marathon. And as I think I told you at at that time, I was strictly a speed walker for, you know, I did track and field in high school, but sprints, field events, anything that was over, you know, doing 800, even a mile, I was thinking, Hell no. No thanks. It hurts, right? You know. So I went into it thinking, okay, I want to raise money. We have our rescue dogs. I love animals. So um, they had a really good training program and and, um, went through and started just doing the walking, you know. And as I started doing it, even though I'd done this before, when we got up to, you know, say the six mile mark, I thought, wow, speed walking, if you know anything about it, or race walking, is once you get to about a 12 minute per mile pace, you really, your body wants to start to run, right? Um, so it becomes more difficult. And um, it's a very technical type of sport if you do it, you know, obviously as an elite person. So I thought, you know, maybe I'll just get on my treadmill upstairs and try a little running, you know, and mix it up. And I'm kind of that person. I like to mix things up. Um, 
so I started doing it, and the coach that was was um, working with us was really encouraging. And um, so when by the time I got to do this race in 2012, the it was the Hollywood, the rock and roll, rock and roll half, the one that they have in Los Angeles. Um, I did half and half in the race. I kind of walked when I wanted to, ran, and and she kind of put in my head the idea that you know if you can do this half, you can do a marathon, right? And and she also got me into the uh, idea, I guess Jeff Galloway is the biggest person that does it, the run-walk method, you know, of, of learning how to do longer distance running and kind of convince yourself that you can do it, right, that you can take a little break and then get back into it. So when I did that, um, the next year I actually joined up with a, another local group, the LA Leggers, um, because they offer a really nice structured training program to get you from summertime to the next year's marathon and so in 2014 that's when I ran my first you know my first marathon and as I talked to you before when we were talking offline I just found that running in the races are great and it's fun and the challenge and everything um, but it's also so much so meaningful to me in my life overall I mean it's just you know added so much more to my life that in all areas just not the physical and then, so for you, when you decided to do half marathon, are you? So you were doing half marathons. Then you're like, "Oh, I'm going to do a marathon." <laughs> um, actually, it was just the, I, from the one half marathon. I went straight into. I did a couple little interim races, right? Um, just as training for fun. But I always had in the back of my head, even when I was a walker, that I would do a full marathon, right? I, maybe I'll walk the full marathon. I just like the idea about the challenge, right? The things that that telling yourself that there's something that you can do that you thought you never would do, right? And so much encouragement from people. So it made it seem like, hey, hey, they can do it. Maybe I can too, right? So so, so how old were you when you first started? Uh, I was, so let's see, that 2012, I was 51. Okay, so you were 51. And I think a lot of times, I, you know, I love this topic. And when you told me about it, I was like, I have to do this interview because I feel like, as we get older, it doesn't matter if we're 25 or 35, we feel like, I feel like the majority of people are like, oh, I should slow down or I should do less. And you're like, I should do more. <laughs> mm-hmm. Why, where did that come from? Or why, how did you have that mind frame that was like, oh, well, I can do this. I should go oh. do this. Okay. And actually that's, it kind of gave me a little chill when you said that, because, um, at the end of 2011, I mean, in 2011, my mom was diagnosed with leukemia. And, um, sorry, I'm getting a little emotional. Uh, and her, her disease progressed very quickly and she passed away at the end, um, December, 2011. And it's probably not an, it's probably not a surprise that that next year, that 2012, when I got that, um, you know, got the, the postcard and then the year she died, I had turned 50. Um, I never have felt my age. So it really wasn't about like, oh my God, you know, now I'm old. I mean, but it, it did show me that, my mom was 77 when she died and she still, she had grandkids she wanted to see grow up or, you know, have their first communion or, and that kind of thing. And so her life, you know, she expected to live longer than that. And I guess when I turned 50 and then that happened that at the end of that year, something said to me, well, you know, you may feel young, but you know, we, we all don't know how much life is, you know, is provided, you know, is ahead of us. And so if there's something you want to do, don't, you know, don't let, talk yourself out of it. You know, you can get there. And so it was just that that little thing that was an impetus to say, like, hey, you know, mom would want me to, you know, I, I want to sort of in her memory say, hey, I can do this because, you know, um, that it, I don't know what time I have left and I want to 
I, I want to challenge myself or, you know, I want to do things that um, make me happy or make me curious. So that was a, that was a big, um, I think, boost towards that. Yeah, I think that's a powerful message. There's so many times that we put off, we procrastinate or we like, oh, I'll do that later in my life or mm-hmm. I'm not ready for that. But we really <laughs> don't know how much time is left. So if we don't take action, there's a chance that we're never going to get a chance to do it. Yeah, and you um, actually, when you get into a community like the running community, you get inspiration from so many uh, areas. And I have friends that are uh, running friends that are in their early 70s. I have one friend that qualified for Boston when she, you know, uh, and she had been a runner for not that long too. She had, she's very dedicated and did all the right things too. But that's amazing. She didn't say to herself, you know, hey, I'm 70. Who does this, right? And I think that we all can take whatever decade you're at, right? It's sort of like we always limit ourselves by saying like, oh, I'm this age. Um, Honestly, I've had friends that turn 30 and I kind of want to go, you know, give them a little slap across (laughs) the face because they start bemoaning, you know, that they're older. And uh, uh, it's, it's really just a number. I mean, it's like we all have challenges or maybe possibly some limitations or things we have to work around. But, uh, you know, don't let it stop you from from at least starting and trying it may evolve right what your your goal may change a little bit as you're getting into it um, but uh, starting is the most important thing just taking that step (laughs) I love that tell me about your training schedule what that looks like on a regular basis and then take us through some training when you're working towards a marathon Okay. And um, so this is one of those things that I talk about being embarrassed or or sort of uh, confessing your your things that you're still working on. I, I have to say that running has made me a more disciplined person, but I still work on that, right? I mean, I, I have friends that I know that they have a, a pretty um, strict training schedule. They build in recovery and things like that, but even on days that they're not feeling like it, right? Even if they're not training for a race, they're like, um, oh, I'm going to do this or I'm going to do a certain kind of you know race. I'm better. So for instance, like when I was training for um, the Mount Charleston Marathon uh, earlier this year, I reached out to one of our SBRC coaches, Michael Weisberg, and he helped me put together a plan for me, like knowing where I was at that point, knowing that I'm not still a particularly high mileage person and I'm working on that. I need to 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 be a little bit more that way if I want to achieve some of my running goals. But he worked with me to find out what my current mileage was and, you know, and and looked at my past calendar of runs and helped me put together a structured thing that built the mileage up, you know, regularly um, to prepare for that. Um, The day of the race, unfortunately, was very hot. Um, It felt great the first half of the race and I fell apart a little bit by the last 10K, but I felt well trained. It was probably the best trained I've been, you know, consistently of the 10 marathons I've done, you know. Um, When I'm not doing regular, you know, training for a specific race, I try to mix it up. I mean, I get in... um, for me, it's more like I'd say three to four runs a week and, you know, kind of a long run in the weekend if I'm, you know, building up towards a half or a, or a full marathon. And then I love yoga, so I do that a couple of times a week. Um, still working, and, and this will probably motivate me because people are going to hear this interview, is that still working to incorporate all the other good stuff, um, you know, some of the strength training specific to runners or, you know, some of that component of of working out that I haven't been as consistent with since I started running. I kind of got more into the running part and then abandoned a little bit more of the more consistent, you know, weight workouts and that that I was doing before. So I haven't found that balance yet. And so I'm, I'm confessing that right here. (laughs) 
work in progress. Yeah, I think we're all we're all in the same place. We're all just trying to find what works best, and our lives change so much. It's mm-hmm. I think it's tough to be like I'm going to do this consistently and separate everything perfectly. I think mm-hmm. as long as we're working towards new things, we're I almost feel like if we're imbalanced, it's kind of a good thing because we're like something is more exciting, so we're doing that, and then we come back. It's like a teeter-totter. And then we do something else. Like, we know we should be doing. And and we go back and forth. But I think everyone's kind of in the same boat. I I don't know if I've ever talked to someone that was like, my life is perfectly balanced. I am so happy. (laughs) (laughs) You don't, you know, I'm I'm really a strong um, proponent of the idea that you learn more from the the things in your life that are difficulties than you do from the times when you're happy and blissful. We, I mean, we work towards those times or we embrace them when they come. Right. But, uh, they're not, especially, they're not really the best motivators. The best motivators like, wow, that didn't work out like I hoped it would. What can I do to change? Was it something I did? Was it something outside of what I did in which you can kind of be easier on yourself? Right. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, the balance thing is, I love that teeter-totter analogy. That really works well. Sometimes your life is a little bit out of balance. Maybe you're training really hard, right? Um, and so you have to make that a priority and other parts of your life kind of slide you know, to the side or given a, a back a seat. But that doesn't mean you're out of balance. It just means that you've chosen at that moment to be, you know, to put a higher priority there. And then you come back to the middle, right? So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And balance is really, that's probably my mantra or my, if you want to have one slogan or word in your life, I feel better when I'm kind of not way out on, on an edge of something like that. I always find myself wanting to come back to more of a, um, you know, a middle and, you know, have a day or two or this that goes a little out of whack and I'm okay with that. Right. But, um, but overall, like I feel better when I'm, you know, I'm not extreme. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me about yeah. the 10 marathons. It seems, I kind of feel like that seems like a lot. It seems like a, a big number, maybe not for someone that like does it, professionally is like super serious about it or racing but uh-huh. 10 seems like it's quite a bit is that a is that a high number or is it not really I, um it depends on who you talk to have you you've heard the one and done people? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, most or people seven. i talk to are like maybe two or three three or four and then they're like yeah that was a fun that, like, that was an enjoyable part of my life but mm-hmm. i'm not really interested <laughs> doing 10 yeah. or 20 you know mm-hmm. um the 10 i think it's um I don't know what average even means. I'd say that it's, again, if I go back to what I think is sort of, you know, even or maybe someone who's just sort of recreational has a little higher aspirations, but not, it's not an all encompassing focus, right? Because I have known friends uh, from the running groups I've been in that 10 is nothing, right? They might have done, they, I mean, we're talking people that have done 50, 100, you know, and maybe they've been running for decades. That's, you know, part of it. Um, I think it's, I am like a lot of people where I think I I do have an aspiration or a goal to qualify for the Boston Marathon. Um, I never thought that would be something that would be possible because I didn't know what the qualifications were or anything before I became a runner. But this is a time when it's uh, good to be an older runner because not saying it's easy to qualify, but the times do get slower, right, for what you can qualify. And I feel that if I focus myself one time that – I believe it mentally, physically, I'm not doing the work that I need to do to, to get there, to you know, prepare completely. But um, after that, I may be like a lot of people where I've, that's my achievement. And maybe I'll scale back to halves, which are a little bit easier to stay trained for. You know, marathon training is 
um, you know, pretty intense if you're doing it right. You have to, you, if you don't want it to hurt really badly <laughs> the day that you're doing it, you need to, you know, make it a big part of your life for those six months or whatever you're working up to it. Does, nu- does nutrition play a role into any of your training or lifestyle at all? Um, it does. I, um, I think that if you're a runner and you want to get better, you find very quickly that um, you can't have a junky diet, right, completely. It doesn't mean you can't have a treat now and again or have a glass of wine or a cocktail. But overall, um, it's made me a lot more conscious of what I'm eating. I'm not any particular. I'm still an omnivore. You know, I, I, I don't have anything that I deliberately, you know, eliminate from my life. But I do. I have a lot of friends that eat plant-based. You know, um, I love you know, vegetables. I, I love a lot of vegan and vegetarian recipes. So I, you know, I try to incorporate more of those. Um, and then just, um, you know, trying to get enough protein after you've had a, a, a long run, right, build back up, things like that. So nothing specific, but just trying overall to be really conscious that what goes in is going to affect my performance, right, or how I feel when I run. And I, yeah, you, you definitely notice that. One of the questions I like to ask runners is, is there anything, is there a challenging run that you can remember specifically that you weren't really sure that you were going to get through and you found a way to push through? Or I haven't heard a story yet where someone, I, 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 I'm a failure type of person, like you, like you talked about. I learned way more from failure, even mm-hmm. though it's painful at the beginning. I mean, even though it's painful when it happens, but you you learn so much more and you progress much much further faster. I think. I think yeah. And I haven't I haven't heard had a story yet where someone's like I've worked really hard and I end up failing. Um, at any rate, if there's mm-hmm. is there anything that you any any run in particular that resonates with you where you're like, oh yeah, I want to tell you about this run and I ended up pushing through and making it through, or it was so challenging I didn't actually work out for me. Okay, yeah. I mean, as far as a race goes, um, one of the things that mentally, I think they talk about long distance running being, you know, even more mental sometimes than it is physical. Um, I've never not finished a race, you know, so I've been lucky in that, that, you know, my body held up. Um, And I think my mental game in general is is strong. You know, I've got a thing that just enables me to push through. It hasn't meant that it's easy, right? But I, I can rely on that. But so I wouldn't say that it was I don't know. It's like, how do you define failure, right? I never like to see things as failures, just lessons, right? But that last marathon that I did, well, actually second to last, (laughs) um, because I did Mountains to Beach, but um, the Mount Charleston Marathon, I had big aspirations. This was going to be like, well, um, if if everything goes really well, there's a chance I can qualify for Boston. might be a little better the next time I run a marathon because I'm going into a new age group. But, and so I felt I had done the best training I'd ever done. Right. And then I was, uh, I felt so good. The first half I was listening to what the rebel coach was saying and uh, about, you know, running hard, but not, you know, really working with it. And, and I felt good. And then the weather, um, hot weather and humidity are not, I do not do well. You know, I trained in it and I try to work with it, but not my best running stuff. And, you know, I got to the last, um, you know, 10K, and I think what was most disappointing to me is that, I, you know, I slowed down, and at each point I realized that, like, okay, you're definitely not going to make your BQ, right? <laughs> you're definitely not going to be, a, it's not going to be a PR for you. I, I kept on revising my what I would be happy with, right? And then it got to the end, and I thought, like, you know, I can only, I'm walking and running. I The last 5K, I pretty much tried to walk as 
as fast as I could, you know, for that. And it was just, it was disappointing, right? You know, and I got there and I had friends that had done very well, um, you know, and I was very happy for them. But I, I came back from it and I'm like, wow, you know, I mean, and I wanted to just say like, well, maybe it's not for me. And, you know, and, and I realized this, the circumstances weren't good, but I was trying to beat myself up about it, about there was something more I could have done. Why couldn't I push harder? Why couldn't I run those last 5K and, and done better, you know, instead of saying like, you finished it, right? So, you know, kind of come back from that. And then I bounced back fairly quickly, right? And within a couple of days, I'm like, oh, okay, it's, it's done. What did you learn from it? And then move on, right? And so um, talking about my background, I mean, I had a lot of you know, great family growing up and stuff like that, but family dynamic, there was a lot of negativity in the, in the family, right? And, and looking at things as like, oh, this is against us or we can't do this. So I've worked really hard my whole life to, to be positive in a practical way, right? Not like, oh, everything's great if it's not, but be realistic. And so these, the running does challenge me in that, right? Doesn't go right. Um, what happened? You know, okay, move on. You know, it's just one race and uh, you know, be gentle on yourself. So that's, you know, I've learned a lot from that. Tell me about recovery. Do you do anything in particular after one of those long runs or races? I know you, you mentioned yoga. Is there anything else in particular that you do? Mm-hmm. Um, when I come back, um, I recover better. I think I can remember my first marathon and how much I hurt after that. Um, now it's more about, I'll do an Epsom salt bath. That always seems to work for me. Um, I've done cold water baths before ice baths. Those are a little harder to maintain. Right? <laughs> um, the next day, as it's recommended, I always try to go out and do some kind of a little recovery, you know, walk or something gentle just to, you know, get everything, get everything loosened up. Um, and then actually I give myself time because the recovery, the aches and pains, right, from the, the muscle aches and stuff dissipate pretty quickly. But I found, and maybe this is part of being older, I don't know, um, the time to recover to feel like I just feel spent like you know a lot was taken out of me and so I honor that because I know some people will go back and their their constitutions are such in the next couple days later they're running already right I listen to my body and I don't rush back into it right and um uh and I I do what feels good and then it, it kind of is a natural process you know is it a week is it two weeks I might be doing other little things in there, but I don't rush back into a training schedule until, um, you know, I, I just, I can't quantify it, right? It's just like I feel like I'm a little, um, that I've replenished or whatever. So I just feel a little bit spent and I, I need to get past that in order to, you know, to, to go back to um, any rigorous training. Mm-hmm. So how long do you take? Do you take some time off after uh, one of your marathons? Um, I do. I think maybe less than I used to. I think that when I did the very first one, um I wasn't as good as getting back into a routine, so I think I probably took a good maybe month of not not even doing any running again, right? I might have, I didn't just sit on the couch for a month, you know, but but now I kind of, um, I just might do something different other than running, right? And then at the point when I get out there and I take a little jog or something and it feels okay, I'm like, okay, body says it's good to get back into that, picking up the pace and everything again. So, um, but in general, I would say that I don't, if I run the week afterwards, uh, you know, within a week of of doing a marathon, um, it's one or two easy runs, nothing long, right? So, um, so important to listen to your body, and mm-hmm. like, I think our body tells us exactly what it needs. Like when we're dehydrated, mm-hmm. we can tell our body needs. Like when we're stiff and sore, our body needs rest and recovery, needs stretching, rolling. 
Mm-hmm. And I think many times we just ignore what our body's asking for. And then that's probably mm-hmm. where maybe injuries come in or we don't actually progress at the rate we want to progress at. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've learned that from, from other runners, right? I see people that they're doing very well and, you know, we all are doing well and we want to get better. Right. And so a lot of people I'll see their, their training really ramp up. Right. And they're, it's wonderful for a while. And then sometimes a couple months later, I read something like, Oh, I tore this or, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm treated for plantar you know, fasciitis or something. And I really use it as a cautionary thing. I've been lucky, you know, fingers crossed or fortunate that I do have sort of that protective mechanism and I listen to myself. So I've, I've had the little aches and pains, but if something starts to feel a little funky, I address it right away, you know? So, and thanks for the reminder about foam rolling and stuff too. I'm, <laughs> you know, uh, I stretch a lot, but the foam rolling, I could do more of that. So, yeah. Um, it's like the bath. It's like the ice bath. It, it's a bit painful. The roller mm-hmm. hurts a little bit. But then you feel mm-hmm. better afterwards. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, or even the little, I have a little stick, which is, you oh, know, yeah. just a little, and that, that's a little more portable and I can, I'm a little bit easy, more easily persuaded to use that. So. <laughs> that's actually part of my morning routine is stretching, rolling mm-hmm. in the stick every morning. First thing I do when I get up, mm-hmm. it yeah. makes me feel so much. I feel like I get through the, the rest of the day much easier when I'm stretched and my muscles are like, thank you for not making me walk around like a elastic band. <laughs> yeah. Just, a, just a little light stretching in your bed. I mean, like, you know, the whole, just stretching your body head to toe feels so good. Right. Or, or, um, uh, anything that's just going to limber, you know, warm you up and yeah, you're ready to go for the day. So I, I'm, uh, that's why for me, the yoga has been just, um, good in so many ways. Right. Cause in addition to stretching, there's just the core work, um, the breathing, I mean, um, being a singer, like the breathing has always been, you know, important to me too. So I, I don't think, I think people sometimes discount how important it is to listen to your breath and just focus on that. Even when you're running too, right? I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of things just kind of come together, um, that you, that you can think about and help to improve. Right. And, and I've become a lot more body conscious through running, right? Just the, the little, you know, you, you, can feel better from the inside out what's going on with your body. And the more you pay attention to that, I think a better runner you are. And then, you know, you learn to listen when your body does need, you know, you to back off a little bit. Before we wrap things up, Pamela, is there anything that we missed that you wanted to share today? Um, I think the only thing is just, uh, I didn't, I touched on it here and there, but um, I wanted really to emphasize to everyone or just, you know, I, I guess I would shout to the rooftops how running has, um, taught me patience, taught me persistence, um, uh, helped me learn not to, you know, to focus on my own journey rather than comparing, right? Which we, it's too easy to compare. So it's a little microcosm of life, right? All these things that you, you learn or, or encounter in running can help you so much just in the other parts of your life, you know? So, um, doesn't have to be running for people, right? But I encourage that everyone, you know, look for something there that really they, uh, you know, that they love to do that also helps them you know, and other parts of their life and, and benefits in so many ways. So that's my big takeaway and why I just hope to keep on doing this, you know, and um, in one form or another, right, you know, until I can't anymore. And I hope that can't doesn't come, you know, for a long time. So <laughs> do you have anything that you have planned here in the near, near future besides working towards qualifying for Boston? Um, let's see, uh, uh, overall and running wise. Um, or is that your main goal? I- that's and I think I don't I don't know when that will come. I think maybe overall, um, just sort of becoming a little bit more focused. I don't think it was any 
surprise or any maybe not a coincidence as I listened to that little podcast about, you know, you and Dorothy getting up at 4 a.m., right? Just about the benefits of a discipline, right? So I, just maybe to become overall a little bit better disciplined person, and I'm much better than I was. It's the just do it type of, you know, philosophy, you know, not putting things off. So overall, just kind of keep on working for that. And then, you know, Boston, you know, if it comes if for 2021, which I would like it to be for, that's in my 60th birthday year, um, or after that, um, I'm going to work towards it. But, you know, it's it's a process. Process, right. I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to see it as a process and enjoying everything that goes along with it in the meantime. That's awesome, Pamela. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us today. Like I said before, everyone has an interesting and story unique to themselves. And I think that should be shared with the world. And without question, this is an inspirational interview. Your story and how you decide to go and do what you want to do regardless of anything, really. I think it's so inspiring. So thank you for sharing with us today. Oh, you're very welcome. Thanks for the opportunity to speak to you know to you about this, and uh, uh, I look forward to hearing everyone else's story. So, thanks for giving us this opportunity. <laughs> All right, that's going to wrap things up for this edition of Transformations Through Running. Thank you so much for being here with us today. Thank you for sticking around till the end. I love that interview. I love the inspiration around Pamela pushing herself, setting herself for new heights and new goals. She's working towards Boston, and I'm sure once she gets to Boston, which I 100% believe is going to happen, I'm, I'm excited to hear what her next goal is that she's going to set her sights on. And I hope this show inspired you to understand that regardless of what age you are, you can set new goals for yourself as well. And that regardless of any type of possible limitations, I think it, that most limitations reside in our minds. So if we can push that to the side and understand that we can achieve and we can set new goals for ourselves and there's nothing we can't accomplish, <laughs> let's do it together. Once again, thank you so much for being here. Before I let you go, just a few words about our monthly membership program. Once again, more details are at trueformlife.com. This is where we do recipes, grocery shopping lists, at-home workouts, and 100% support. Dorothy and I facilitate this group. We're in there every day answering questions. We're doing some motivation stuff. We do step challenges, which would be great for runners, except you guys would crush anyone else that's not a runner. <laughs> we do squat challenges, push-up challenges. We do quotes. We do hydration or recovery challenges which would be great for runners mind you because i heard from a number of you you're not getting your stretching in <laughs> but if you're looking for help with some nutrition you need some help getting on the right track we believe food without question helps heal our body at a much faster rate which would make us a better athlete shoot us a message if you're interested we would love it if you'd follow us on facebook our facebook page is facebook.com slash trueformlife we're up there pretty active posting a couple times a day this is where we facilitate a lot of our groups. And then we also have Instagram. That's one of our main platforms as well. And that's Instagram.com slash Drew Taddea. We'd love it if you followed along, checked out these shows. We post in all kinds of new stuff on our stories and more details about interviews and video clips. It's been lots of fun working with all you runners out there and putting these shows together. Super excited. We'd love an iTunes review or a follow on Spotify. Any subscription really helps the show and helps us reach a larger audience. And I think these shows deserve to be on a bigger platform. These stories should be shared with the world. And that's why we're sitting here doing it together today. 
And lastly, if these once a week shows aren't enough for you, if you're looking for more content that we put together at True Form Life, we have my show called, my podcast called Exploring Mind and Body that's also nationally syndicated across Canada. But you can listen to it on any podcasting platform. We bring on guests from around the world around nutrition, fitness, exercise, lifestyle, and more. The top experts I get to sit down with every single week and learn about a lot of different things that I love to share with you guys. So if you'd like to head over to exploringmindandbody.com or if you'd like to search for Exploring Mind and Body on your favorite podcasting platform, I'd be grateful if you check us out there as well. Once again, thank you so much for being here. Hope to catch you on the next show.